speaking of peace that makes no sense, I want to open my sermon by telling you a true story. It's a historical story, and um, you ought to look it up and read more about it. It's pretty amazing. It's about the, the Christmas truce of 1914. It's, it's called one of the most remarkable incidents of World War II, World War I, excuse me, uh, which was one of the most brutal wars in history. Very brutal war. Millions of people died. But this story is one of the most remarkable incidents that happened in the midst of that war. One of the most remarkable stories in all of military history. It was 1914 in north, northern France. And on the western front, the British and the German soldiers were hunkered down and dug in in trenches only 50 yards apart. This was called No Man's Land. This is actually an actual picture from 1919 in, in uh, Flanders Field, France. But you get an idea of kind of what it's like. It's barren and right, right over that hill, the Germans on this side are the British, that type of thing. And they were close enough to hear each other's voices as they're in this brutal warfare. But on, on Christmas morning, all of a sudden, the war, the, the, the gunfire started slowing down to where it almost stopped. And then as darkness fell on Christmas Eve, on Christmas Eve morning, I should have said, and then on Christmas Eve, the, the shooting stopped entirely for the first time in months. For the first time in months, there was silence. And as night fell, the, the British soldiers looked out of their trench that they had dug and they saw these tiny lights shining all along the German line as far as the eye could see. And they got binoculars and they saw that these German soldiers had placed Christmas trees in front of their trenches lit by candles or, or by lanterns, uh, kind of like beacons of, of goodwill. And then the German soldiers could be heard singing their version of Silent Night, Holy Night. And when they finished, the British applauded, and then they began to sing the first Noel, and the, the Germans applauded them. They began to sing, O Tannenbaum, O Tannenbaum, O Christmas tree, O Christmas tree. And so the British replied and began to sing, O come all ye faithful. And then the, the Germans joined in, and these British and German soldiers harmonizing across no man's land, singing Christmas carols. And people thought, this is amazing. There could be nothing more amazing than this. But there was something more amazing than that because the German soldiers began to call out for an officer to come out and talk to their officer. And at first the British thought, this is some kind of a trick. Don't trust him. But the, uh, the officer felt led to get up and go across there and meet that German officer in the middle of no man's land. And a few minutes later, that captain, he came back to the British and says, we've agreed to a truce. There will be no fighting during Christmas. And across the way, all of a sudden, the German soldiers began to come up out of their trenches unarmed. And the British began to climb up out of their trenches. And soon there were over 100 soldiers right there in this one spot in the middle of no man's land, shaking hands with men they'd been trying to kill a few hours earlier. They exchanged gifts. They played soccer. And that Christmas truce happened on almost two-thirds of the British-German front during World War II on Christmas Eve. And thousands of soldiers took part in it. And we know about it because all these soldiers wrote home. And there's scores of letters that, that soldiers wrote about this amazing Christmas truce of 1914. What caused this peace? Christmas. Christmas. When the Prince of Peace was born. 
We're in a series called Rediscovering Christmas, and we're celebrating Advent. Advent means coming or arrival. We're, we're celebrating the arrival of Christ, and, and the arrival of Jesus Christ changed everything in history. And by the way, when he arrives in your life, it changes everything still today. And each week, yes, go ahead, give him some thanks. Each week we're focusing on a different result of the arrival of Christ. We're speaking on hope and peace and joy and love. Last week, Pastor Anthony preached an awesome message on finding hope in uncertainties. Today I'm preaching on finding peace in our struggles. When it comes to peace, we're going to look at the shepherds. Because in this sermon series, we're going to be looking at different... um, Characters from the Christmas story. Today we're looking at the shepherds. The most unlikely recipients of God's message about peace. You can read about them in Luke 2, starting in verse 8. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, I love the suddenlies of God. Don't you love the suddenlies? (laughs) I mean, things are going along and... Israel had been in darkness, great darkness, and for, for, uh, for centuries, and all of a sudden, suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, and the, that the, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off. I preached on this one before. I'm not preaching on it again, but I'm telling you, there's something about instant obedience. There's something about, you know, we ought to maybe check that out sometime. But then there's something about, like, we're going right now. We heard this message. Let's get up and go. They hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen them, what did they do? They spread the word. Another thing we should be doing. Spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, went back to their job, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Wow, there's so much truth in these paragraphs. But but what a way, what a way to announce the long-expected arrival of the the Messiah. But but that, that was being expected for years, but it happened in such an unexpected way. Everything in this story seemed to be unexpected and surprising to people. And this night, suddenly in the middle of the dark, this dark an ordinary night in Bethlehem, the angels, the, the sky was all of a sudden full of angels praising God, giving glory to God in heaven, and declaring the peace of God on earth. Now you would think, oh, that grand announcement, that, that amazing angelic show, that, that's going to be reserved for the most important VIPs, the rich, the famous, the powerful, the kings and the queens, the, the movers and the shakers of the world. That's who God's going to appear to and make this announcement. No! It was shepherds, completely ordinary, average, 
night shift working. Animal keepers who are the unlikely recipients of this message of peace and, and favor. And it's just another way in this whole story how God flipped the script on what we humans would do if, if it was up to us to save the world. He did it so differently. And something about this experience makes me want to ask, why, why shepherds? You know, and, and there's several reasons why God appeared. could be reasons that God appeared, that the angels appeared to shepherds. Maybe it's because... Uh, the, the shepherds actually tie a lot of biblical threads together because, first of all, think about it, the patriarchs, a Abraham and, and Isaac, Jacob, David, they were all shepherds. Now, in the world's eyes, shepherds were nothing special. In fact, in the world's eyes, pretty much everybody in the Christmas story was nothing special. But they all fit into this amazing process of God introducing the Messiah, a humble carpenter and a, a peasant girl as parents of the, the Son of God, a birth in a lowly stable surrounded by animals and, and shepherds. Those considered by society as the, the most holy and the most righteous were not given a place at the stable to, to, to witness the arrival of the Messiah. But it was these average, ordinary people. Shepherds remind us that sheep were very special in the Jewish culture. The Passover lamb was the sacrifice an ancient Jew would make during that most important holiday of the year. And its, it's blood made atonement for the person's sin. Uh, 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 and the cost had to be paid in order to restore that person's relationship with God. And each time it was, that sacrifice was a reminder of the original Passover and God's rescue and the exodus of God's people from Egypt. These shepherds also signify what Jesus' ministry and teaching would be. Jesus entered this world with a ministry as the Lamb of God who came to take away the sins of the world. He was the ultimate sacrifice. He paid the payment for our sins. His death did away with all the need to kill any more sheep as sacrifices. His resurrection made it possible for us to be restored in relationship with God. And his life made it possible for us to experience true peace, even in times of struggle. And I think it's partly for all these reasons that God sent his angels to shepherds to announce the birth of Jesus it certainly reminds us that God's favor is not based on human standards. Not at all. God's grace is not based on human standards. And peace, the peace of God is not based on class or position or occupation, but it's based on God's purpose to bring good news that will cause great joy and great peace for all people. Listen, I'm speaking today on finding peace in our struggles. That title is very important. Finding peace... In our struggles, our world is seeking peace in so many different ways. We're seeking peace among nations. We're seeking peace among Ukraine and Russia. We're seeking peace in our cities with all this going on. We're seeking for peace in our families, peace in our marriages, peace in our churches, peace in our own hearts and minds. And in the world, listen to me, in the world, peace actually... The, the, comes to mean the absence of war, the absence of conflict, the absence of disagreement. But the Bible talks about a different kind of peace, a peace that is more than just an absence of conflict. 2 Thessalonians 3.16 says it this way, Now may the Lord of peace himself 
give you peace at all times and in every way. The Lord be with you all. This verse is not talking about the absence of conflict or struggle or war. It's talking about having peace in all times no matter what you're going through. Speaking of war, I, I looked at three historical studies on the history of peace in our planet. It's a pretty, pretty weak, weak statistic because here's the basic statistics. During the last 4,000 years of recorded history, there's only been 268 years of peace where there was no war. That means since the beginning of recorded history, the entire world has been at peace less than 8% of the time. If you look at history, there's not been much peace on this planet. There's dozens of wars going on right now. <clears throat> Some we're not aware of. I mentioned the Russian-Ukraine war, which is going on. But in the midst of all of this, God says he wants us to have peace at all times in every way. That means peace cannot be defined as an absence of conflict. Peace cannot be defined as an absence of problem. God is saying, I want you to have peace even in the midst of conflict, even in the midst of problems, even in the midst of struggles. You see, peace is having an inner calm despite outer turmoil. Peace is having inner tranquility despite other people's hostility. Peace is being at rest in spite of the mess. And God wants us to experience peace no matter what is going on around us. This peace was promised by Jesus. Here's what Jesus said in John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. In fact, there's another verse that says, He himself is our peace. So when Jesus gives you peace, he's, he's giving you himself. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let, listen, do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. Do not let your heart be troubled and do not be afraid. Many of us think we are at the mercy of trouble and fear. But the Bible says here, no, you can take authority over, over, over trouble and fear. You can take authority over it in the name of Jesus. Do not let your heart be troubled. Do not let your heart be afraid. Peace that Jesus gives is not the absence of trouble. Rather, it's the confidence that he is there with you always. Not let, don't let your heart be troubled in the midst of trouble. But we've got to pursue peace. And we've got to resist fear and a troubled heart in the name of Jesus. Yes. We must resist it. We must take it authority over it. How do we do rediscover this peace even in times of struggle? Can we really have peace when the world's at war? Can we really have peace when our family is struggling? Can we even have peace when, at the Christmas season when we're so busy? You see, we have an enemy. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to kill your peace. He wants to destroy your hope and your love. But Jesus said, I came to give you peace at all times. I'm here to give you a peace that calms hearts, a peace that defies circumstances. And you might think, well, Pastor Joe, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know the fear and anxiety I'm facing right now. No, I don't. But God does. And he says, I'm going to give you peace that passes understanding. Francine, come up here real quick. Pastor Doug, get her a mic. Uh, I, I was praying that God would give me one more um, sermon illustration. Come on up here. Grab this mic. 
for this message. And uh, I, I never got one, so I thought, okay, I'm just going to go with what I got. <laughs> and then this morning in pre-service prayer, she told us this story in our prayer time. So I thought, Francine, this is perfect. I'm preaching on peace today. Can you, can you tell that story yeah. in yeah. less than I two can. minutes? And she promised me that she minutes. could. I will tell it. Go ahead. Hold will, that mic close. Okay. I, was, I work at an elementary school, pre-K through fifth. And just before we went on Thanksgiving break, um, we had lockdown. But I didn't know we were on lockdown. Because on lunch, I usually go in my secret place and just spend time with God. So somebody came in my room and said, Miss Williams, did you know we're on lockdown? I was like, no. And, I, and so for some reason, I wasn't crazy or running around, you know. And so the guy that came in the office, he pretended that he was a parent, and he wasn't. So one of the nurse, the nurse said, well, he said, well, I need to go to the bathroom. So he, he showed him. She said, I don't want to go to that one. By the time he went to the bathroom, the SWAT team had came out and pulled out with guns all over. And, we, and so our principal, she, she didn't know what to do. And I just said, peace, be still. Yes. I thank God. <laughs> because I could have went a whole nother way, mm. but it didn't. And so when Pastor Joe was talking about peace and I was saying, I said that, peace be still. In the midst of the storm, there was peace in that school. No matter what it looked like, but God was still in control. He was still in control. So You did great. Hey, yeah. hey, awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's great. That's an awesome word. Now you think about, think about that circumstance. Think about the fear, the chaos. The, the, the spirit of fear the enemy wants to bring on people at those times, I mean, you, I mean that, you know, it's in the natural. That's a scary time. But God says, I'm going to give you peace at all times, in all circumstances, in every way. So I don't know what you're going through, but this is a pretty tough situation. And what happened? God gave peace. And when you have peace, you can take authority over a situation and declare peace into that situation. If you don't have any, you got nothing to give. That's how you can make a difference in situations at school, at work, at, at home. If you can stay at peace and keep your peace, not, do not let your heart be troubled and resist fear in the name of Jesus. God said in Isaiah 26, 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. Two keys to peace right there. I'm going to give you some keys to peace. There's two. Keeping your mind stayed on the Lord, focus on Him, and faith, trusting God. We see the exact same things in Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him. He will fill you with joy as you trust Him. He will fill you with peace as you trust Him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God wants to give us joy. God wants to give us peace. God wants to give us ho uh, uh, joy and hope and peace when we focus our thoughts on him and when we trust in him. So when we lose our peace, listen, when we lose our peace, lose our hope, lose our joy, that shows us we're not trusting God in that situation. That's a, a, a big clue right there. You lost your peace. 
You lost your faith in that situation. God wants us to trust him in every aspect of our lives. And when we trust him in every aspect of our lives, he gives us peace in every aspect of our lives. So that can only happen when we have a, an accurate perception of God and who he is. And we keep our mind focused, stayed, stayed, stay there. Keep your mind focused on who God is. God is good. God is great. God is working all things out for my good. God is my protector. God is my provider. God is my savior. God is my healer. God is my deliverer. We know God can work all things together for good. So when we do that, we can praise him for all things and have peace in all things. Peace only comes when we trust God in all things. Amen. Here's some other keys to peace. Real quick, I'm going to give you from Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Just in case you missed it the first time. In order to emphasize this importance, rejoice in the Lord. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, not most situations, not some situations, not 99% of situations, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and then the peace of God which transcends all understanding, the peace that makes no sense will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. I want to encourage you today, brother and sister, no matter what you're facing, peace begins when you, in every situation, refuse to be anxious about anything. When you begin to rejoice in the Lord, when you remember that He is near, when you pray, when you give thanks, then God will give you peace that passes understanding. By the way, to have peace that passes understanding, you must give up your right to understand. But God, First of all, we think we're going to give God some understanding. God, do you realize what is going on in this situation? Let me clue you in. Seriously? He knew that situation before the foundation of the world. You don't need to try to give God some understanding. And I, we prayed earlier that, that we would have eyes of understanding. I do believe God wants to give us wisdom and understanding and discernment, but there are some things on your own you will never understand. His ways are higher than ours. His wills is higher than ours. His thoughts are higher than ours. There's some things that God in his godness cannot, uh, uh, that's beyond us in our humanness. There's some things you will never understand and demand, listen, demanding understanding will never result in peace. You'll have no peace if you live by your own understanding. Your own understanding is not enough. Your, under, uh, your own understanding will not get you through a job loss or financial uh, difficulties. You need something more. Your own understanding will not get you through marriage problems or a spouse leaving you. You need something more. Your own understanding will not get you through medical problems or the loss of a loved one. You need something more. That something more is the peace of God that passes understanding. And the Bible says we receive that peace when we pray and praise instead of being worried and afraid. Peace comes when we die to our need to understand everything and we sit, we choose to trust God in everything. Amen. All right, real quick. 
in less than 10 minutes, I'm going to give you five keys to peace here. From, I'm using the acrostic peace to explain this. Number one, peace stands for prayer. Paul said, pray about everything. Not some things, all things. Prayer should be your first resort, not your last resort. Well, we've done everything else. I guess we ought to pray. No, go to prayer first. And it doesn't matter how much or when or, or how long, just that you pray. People are going to argue about, you got to get up at 4 a.m. No, I get up at 3. Well, hey, I'm real holy. I get up at 2. And then I pray for one hour. Well, well I pray for two hours and one minute. So you can argue over that and, and posture. In fact, it reminds me of some two old, uh, two, uh, three pastors who were meeting together. And two of them were little dignified city pastors. And one was an old country pastor. And they were talking about prayer. And, and they got the, the two men got to arguing about the correct posture for prayer. And the person said, well, the only way to pray is you've got to get on your knees and, and, and bow your head and close your eyes and pray in King James English. <laughs> and the second one said, no, that's not right. I think when you pray, you ought to stand with your, your head raised into heaven, your eyes open, speaking to God as your father, like a little child would, would speak to their father. And that, that old country preacher spoke up and said, yeah, man, I, I don't know nothing about those positions. But I do know some of the finest praying I ever did when I was hanging upside down after I fell into a well. <laughs> God's not concerned about the outward form or appearance or the time or anything else. Just pray. Just pray. Peace is a result of prayer. E stands for exaltation, not exaltation. There are two different words. Exalt is to lift up with praise. Exalt is to rejoice at all times. Exalt literally means to leap for joy. Look it up. That's what the literal meaning is. Rejoice in the Lord. Jump for joy because he's worthy of praise no matter what you go through. We tend to rejoice in the good times, grumble in the bad times, but God says rejoice in all things. And there's, there's such a great lesson. I've taught you this years before, but I want to teach you again. A great lesson we can learn from the dictionary because when things start going bad, we often fear they'll only get worse. And we think that the worst will turn into the worst. But to keep things turning to the worst, look at this unique setup God has provided for us in the English language. Because the word worst is a more serious or unpleasant situation. The worst is the absolutely most serious or unpleasant thing that could happen. Now in the dictionary, there's one word that comes between worst and worst. Show me that word. Click that slide. Come on, put it up there, please. What's the word? Help me out here. Worship. Worship. The expression of reverence and adoration for God. That's the difference. That's what comes between worse and the worst. And when circumstances seem to get, be getting bad in your life, listen, you want to keep them from slipping into that worst category. You need to begin to worship God. You need to begin to, to praise God. You need to begin to give him thanks about all things. Exalt in the Lord because worship turns things around. Getting the presence of God, it attracts the presence of God. And when you get the presence and power of God in your situation, things change. The A in peace stands for anxious for nothing. Be anxious for no thing at no time. I know that's easier said than done, but listen to what Jesus said in Matthew 6. Do not worry about your life, what you eat or drink, or about your body or what you wear. Is, is not life more important than food, the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not 
much more valuable than they think about it. God provides for the birds of the air. He provides for the lilies of the field. Worry is an evidence, again, of lack of trust in God. No trust equals no peace. And the the antidote to to that is not just to not care at all, but it's to cast your cares on the Lord. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Cast all your cares, all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Throw it on him because he cares and he can handle it. Stop, Stop throwing things. Stop throwing stuff at God and start throwing your cares on God. Cast all your anxiety, all your cares on him because he cares for you. The C in peace stands for contentment. To be content in all things. We get this from Philippians 4 also. A few verses later where Paul says, I have learned, I have learned, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. Wow. Whether well fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. Listen, I can do all things. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. We quote that verse a lot of times, and we use it in the context of I can do great things for God. But the context here of this verse is I can be content in all situations. So when you quote that verse, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That means I can get through the tough times. I can go through the good times. I can have a lot of food on the table. I, I could be rationing out food. Whatever we're going through, I have learned to be content because my contentment is not in circumstances but in Christ. Lastly, the E in peace, express thanks. Thanksgiving, it says, with thanksgiving. Not just feeling thankful. Oh, I feel thankful and God knows it. No, God wants you to say it. He wants you to express it. And that's a big key to peace. Listen, if you lose your praise, you lose your peace. I know it's hard at times. That's why it's called a sacrifice of praise. Peace and praise go together. And that peace will guard your heart and your mind. Peace is like a band of soldiers guarding you, watching over you, protecting you, keeping out worry and fear and anxiety. And Jesus wants you to experience peace in your life. But that peace starts with having peace with God. And peace with God only comes through Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. Romans 5.1 says it. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, made right with God through faith, then we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, some of you are in some storms that seem like they'll never end, and I'm here to tell you there's no peace without the Prince of Peace. You've tried everything to find peace and rest in your heart, but nothing helped. You've tried to find peace in a bottle, and you only found addiction. You've searched for peace in business, and you only found busyness. You found pe- you searched for peace in people, and you only found rejection. You've searched for peace in isolation. I just got to get away from people. And you only found loneliness. You've been searching for something to bring rest and peace to the turmoil of your life. But I assure you today, there is no peace without the Prince of Peace. Give peace a chance, man give Jesus a chance and I encourage you today at this Christmas season to accept God's gift of peace by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord of Savior Lord and Savior you can leave here today in total peace but it comes when you're like the shepherds you go looking for the Prince of Peace no matter what's going on around you you come to the Prince of Peace you bow down you submit your life to him you worship him you come to him because he cares for you The Prince of Peace came to earth to be our peace. Here's a great blessing that the priests for centuries have been declaring over the people of God. Number six, the Lord bless you and keep you. 
The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. As our prayer team comes down this morning, I want you to know you can experience peace. And I'm going to pray for the peace of God in your life, a peace that passes understanding. But there's some things you've got to do. You've got to pray also. And you've got to exalt in the Lord. You've got to choose to not be anxious about anything. You've got to learn, learn to be content in all things. And in everything, give thanks. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray over everyone today who's struggling in their heart, all those who feel they have no peace. Lord, you are the Prince of Peace. You came to earth to bring peace and goodwill, peace and favor, peace and grace. So we cry out for that peace today. Lord, let that peace that passes understanding guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's stand together. If you've never given your heart to Jesus, today's the day of salvation. I want you to come down and give your heart to him. Or if you have peace, if you're needing peace in an area of your life, I'm just lacking peace. I need peace. Come down. We want to pray with you. If you need a job, you need some some healing, you want to pray for somebody else, you've got a blessing in your life. You just want to come down and say, hey, I want somebody to praise God with me. Come on down right now. We're going to see the hand of God move in your life.